Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. <laughs> Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football advice, speculation, and whatever stupid stuff they decide to drop into the show. Now here's your host, Paul Charchian. It's another edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian, co-host after an extended absence Matt Harrison. Welcome back to the show. It Do you even remember what it, it was? It wasn't that long. It's been like three weeks. No, it feels like it's been it a lot mid, longer than that. June when I was off on. traveling around the world, gallivanting, gallivanting around the world. We've been toiling and bringing fantasy by, football advice to the masses by around the world, northern Wisconsin. Yeah, I, I, I well, went, it's like dialing back time. It it really is. I went to this bar in Wisconsin in Eagle River. It's called Tommy's Bar. It's very rarely open, but when the open signs on, you go in because we had my wife and I had. Six, eight drinks between the two of us. 28 bucks. 16. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, what? Uh, All right. uh, That's fantastic. It was awesome. I I love that. (laughs) The uh, the focus of today's show is make or break second year players, sophomores, who have not yet proven themselves to be fantasy starters. Yes. So first, why we're choosing the second year players is because I think by the end of year two, you you pretty much know. Some players break out in year three and even less rarely year four. But, you know, usually by two years in, you kind of know. Yeah. And we're going make as in they're, they've made it. Made and, it in a good way. Break yeah, breaking is, is, is they're broken. They're breaking they're bad. bad. Breaking bad. Yes, yeah, there exactly. we go. So we're, so, we're, but we're looking at these guys from a sophomore perspective, especially in dynasty and keeper leagues looking at them going is their value about to go up or is it about to bottom out yeah i think the dynasty empire angle here on 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 this whole conversation is really really valuable is this second year players that we're going to talk about are they guys you want to try to acquire now before they have their make season yes or guys you want to divest from before they have their break season um makes a ton of sense now the kinds of guys we're not going to talk about are sophomores like Mac Jones? Sure. Patriots quarterback, because we know we already know he we already know what he's all about, mm-hmm. I think. I think we now know that Mac Jones is a 
run-of-the-mill starting NFL quarterback who's never going to have great fantasy upside. I agree. I think we know too much about him. But the other guys we're going to talk about, a lot of times we don't know. And by make or break, we mean from a fantasy perspective. Sure. Not like, are you going to go to the Pro Bowl? You know, Teddy Bridgewater went to the Pro Bowl. You know, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, God, are you going to be fantasy relevant? Well, Mac Jones could end up in a Pro Bowl, too. If, like, four guys are like, yeah, I don't, don't bother go. showing yeah, up exactly. for the Pro Bowl. I where was it last year, even? Uh, did they have one? I don't even know. It, it's not. It's did. so not important. It's so not important. I think they're it was still in Vegas. playing a game. It was in Vegas. Was it in Vegas? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to do quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. Normally we would do tight ends here, but the only two the only two tight ends that anybody had any faith in last year, Pitts and Fryermuth, both are obvious makes. They've already hit theirs. Sure. And nobody else thought anybody else was going to do anything out of that draft class. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's a quarterback or a tight end to talk about here. Let's start at the quarterback position, Matt. Yeah, we'll start with Trevor Lawrence. Good old sunshine. And I think uh, it's the make year for for, oh. for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, it couldn't have gone worse last year. Uh, 3,600 yards, only 12 touchdowns versus 17 picks. And by the way, he had three touchdown passes in week one against Houston. Mm. For the final 16, he had the same amount of games in which he threw a touchdown as games where he did not throw a touchdown. So a that's touchdown, bad. not a touchdown, a touchdown. Sure. I, okay. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get that to catch on like the Ohio State <laughs> University. <laughs> right. Which they trademarked. Exactly. They were trademarked the. Um, so he had, the, and we, you couldn't have got a worse read for what was coming in week one than what Trevor Lawrence gave you. Because at that point, you're like, game on, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, absolutely. And you got nine touchdowns the rest of the way. Yeah, he only supported one 100-yard game for a wide receiver last year. And why it all went wrong was basically we're going to pin it all on Urban Meyer. Uh, He was a disaster. He was a distraction the entire year uh, until they fired him the end of November. They lost Travis Etienne before the season began. Mm. Laquan Treadwell might have been his best wide receiver over the final month of the season. That says plenty. The O-line was a mess. Outside of beating Buffalo randomly in the middle of the season, it was about a bad of a year, as you could write, for the Jaguars. Now, why will it be a make year this year? Well, Doug Peterson, he's now the head coach. Jim Bob Cooter, who's my favorite name in the NFL, is now the Better offensive wait, coordinator. Wait a minute. What? Better than Harry Colon? Yeah, Jim Bob Cooter. Okay. Yes, All definitely. Right. Both lines, both guys have lines connections. There we go. Uh, I mean, and and... Jim Bob Cooter, I, you got to say Cooter. Do you say Cooter or do you say Bob Cooter? What do you, what, how do you, what do you call him? Uh, JB Cooter. JB Cooter. Um, As to his friends, like yeah, me, JB. He, he ran a decent offense in, mm-hmm. in Detroit for a while with Stafford there. Yeah. Um, they, they had some key additions. Christian Kirk at wide receiver. He actually broke the wide receiver market. Uh, thanks, Christian Kirk. Zay Jones is added there for some depth. Uh, Dan Arnold is back and Evan Engram make up the tight end corp now. So they have some fantasy upside. They added Brandon Scherf as a new right guard, which should improve that O-line quite a bit just, mm-hmm. just with him there. And Lawrence passed over 600 times last year. Jeez. He was in, yeah. he was in the top 10 for, for passing attempts. Mm-hmm. So I, I got to think that it's just going to get better this year. He was the most clear cut number one quarterback to come out of the draft since Andrew Luck. And we shouldn't forget that the deck was just so stacked against him last year. The stability and the weapons that were added to the offense should be enough for him to be 
a very serviceable super flex quarterback this he, year. Yeah, this year. Yep. Uh, I think he's kind of a mid-level QB two this year. You know, he's got better running ability than we saw last year sure. as well. And my hope is that he'll get some designed runs, um, extended pockets that in which he the can Philly scramble special. out of. Yeah, the Philly special. I'm going to catch a touchdown. Yeah, it's not too much trouble. Trevor Lawrence. I'm with you on the on the make yes. side of Trevor Lawrence. But we don't have to agree on all these, by the way. And we you may not agree we might. on some of these. We might not. The next quarterback, make or break sophomore quarterback, is the Jets' Zach Wilson. The number two pick in the draft. The number two pick in the draft, and I've got him as a make. Mm-hmm. It looked bad for Wilson for much of the year last year. Typical rookie struggles at the beginning of the year. Then he had a knee injury that knocked him out for over a month. But everything changed right around Thanksgiving. Yeah. Prior to that, he had posted just two games with double-digit fantasy points. After Thanksgiving, every game was double-digit fantasy points for Zach Wilson. The play clearly got better. It doesn't always show it in the box scores, though. So I'm going to warn you, if you just like go to the Zach Wilson box score and pull it mm-hmm. up, you're not going to see like this epic change in yeah, box score. You're not overwhelmed by 300 yards and three touchdowns. Every no, game. you don't. You, there was very little of that. But eye test, he looked better. PFF grades got uh, at least a little bit better. And he started connecting on deep balls. In his first five full games, when he was really struggling, he had almost two picks per game. But during that second half of the season, again, Thanksgiving forward, when he came back from the injury, he cut it down from two picks a game to 0.3 picks per game. Nice. He had just two interceptions in the final seven games. Massive improvement in the interceptions. Wilson's deep ball was very promising, um, as was the downfield connection with Elijah Moore, who just went on a rampage after Wilson came back. Mm-hmm. He averaged six catches, 77 yards, and one touchdown until he bowed out with injury in December. So there was a really nice budding connection with Elijah Moore, who many people are very high on now. Also, Zach Wilson gained first-rounder Garrett Wilson in the draft. He gained second-rounder Brees Hall in the draft. And weird as it sounds, the Jets' offensive personnel in totality is actually pretty good at this point. Yeah, it looks pretty great. I mean, you know, in addition to Elijah Moore, we know is good. Garrett Wilson, who should be good. Brees Hall, who should be good. You've also got Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios, and and what should be an improved offensive line. Corey Davis is a serviceable wide receiver. And he he might be the wide receiver one on that team still just in in target share. Mm -hmm. But he's going to be just fine. Accuracy was a huge problem for Wilson last year. Bottom of the league accuracy, 55% completion rates. But here's why it should get better for Wilson. The stuff he missed was the short stuff. Where, his, where he had the big delta between himself and the other quarterbacks were behind the line of scrimmage and less than 10-yard passes. Does that make you worried about yips? No, not yet. Okay. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm not calling him yippy at this point. <laughs> so roll that together. <laughs> we're not calling there's him a, yippy. There's a lot of reasons for optimism on, on Wilson, the way he finished last year, the talent around him. Should get better in year number two. I've got a make on Zach Wilson, how do you have a make or a break on Zach Wilson? I, I agree with you. I think that he's going to have a much improved year. Make. Let's go to San Francisco quarterback Trey Lance. Do you have a make or break on him? Matt? We, we might uh, diverge here. I'm usually a pessimist on running quarterbacks, and I'll keep that trend going and say that this is going to be the break year mm. for Trey Lance. Uh, as of this recording of the podcast, Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the team. The Niners could cut him for almost no dead cap. They could solve a lot of issues. They could sign Debo Mm long-term. They could just cut Jimmy Garoppolo. 
but they haven't. Well, they'll trade him. They won't cut him. I don't think that they're going to trade him. There's really not that many partners left out there. Baker Mayfield was just dealt to Carolina, so they're well, off the board. This is, but why they won't cut him, I think, is because you just wait for some team that thinks it's going to have a good season to have their quarterback get hurt. And now you've got a lot of value in Jimmy Garoppolo. Right now, there is only one trade partner, Seattle. Seattle, but, and they're in division, and they're probably not right, going to make that maybe, trade. Maybe the Saints, but probably not. So they're in division, you're right. So that's probably not going to happen. Uh, although... If they really don't believe in Jimmy Garoppolo, that could be a sabotage trade. Well, what if they really don't believe in Trey Lance? That's the other thing. Then there's that. Um, Jimmy G is still on the roster. I have a sneaking suspicion that the 49ers are not quite ready to hand the full reins full time to Trey Lance with a shredded shoulder last year. They kept Jimmy. Shredded is a little strong. He had it hanging from a tendon. It was just dangling there. They kept him in throughout the playoffs and he led them to a conference championship game and head coaches are creatures of habit. They go at the guy that got them there. Shanahan and Garoppolo have a long history together. And on Lance, we saw the rushing ability on display in his three starts last season, but the passing was iffy at best. Now, all the reports out of the offseason program is Lance is ready. Jerry Rice and Steve Young, they're all believers. They think he's the next guy. Yeah. But you never hear bad reports in June or July and who cares what former players that aren't really in camp think about this. Uh, The Niners admittedly don't rely heavily on quarterback production to get things done in their offense. Over the last five years, mostly with Garoppolo, they finished in the bottom half of the league in QB fantasy points in four out of five years. The Niners deploy a high efficiency passing game though. And Jimmy G's good. Well, That's because of what Jimmy G brought to the table. They were catering that offense to his strengths. Well, he's a 68% passer over the last three years. That's very good. Uh, And they let their playmakers make plays. They let Debo move downfield. Now Lance was only 57% on his passes last year. 57% is not good. And if Shanahan sees it that way, and they're looking at a big down tick, Mm -hmm. an 11% down tick, that makes them one-dimensional. That makes them a running team. That makes people key off on where's Debo in the backfield? Where's Trey Lance going? We can, we can cover these guys because we don't believe in his arm. I've been completely wrong on running quarterbacks before. I hope I'm wrong again, but I'm not drafting Trey Lance at all this year. I think you're going to be wrong. I think the running, the running numbers are going to keep him fantasy relevant even when his arm is developing and learning, learning to use the gigantic arm that he's got. Right? He I think the upside is he's Jalen Hurts this year. Jalen Hurts was quarterback six in fantasy yeah, last year. That, that, that's, that's, you know, that, that's, that's, we'll that's take that upside. upside. Yeah. So we had, a, you didn't hear it because you were on vacation last week. Last week, we, t- we detailed Trey Lance as a, we were doing uh, uh, all or nothing players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that sort of sentiment. And he is, he's, he, Trey Lance is an all or nothing guy. If things go wrong, he's not the starting quarterback. Yes. If things go right, he's running for 90 yards a game. And he's, you know, then he chips in 225 passing yards and one or two passing touchdowns. And, and you've got a top five quarterback. Sure. So things can go very right or wrong for him. I'm on break. I'm on the, the make side of Trey Lance. And I'm on the break side. Grr. Let's do one more quarterback. Make or break with Bears quarterback, Justin Fields. I am firmly in the break category. Mm. Let me make my case for you, Matt. Make it. There's a sentiment out there that Fields will automatically get better under Matt Eberflus and offensive coordinator Luke Getze because Nagy's gone. But is that deserved? Eberflus is a defensive coordinator at Indy, sure. so I don't see a big effect here. And 100% of the 
of Getze's NFL experience is with Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. Sure, no problem. There is no comparison between these two, Aaron Rodgers and Justin Fields. And Fields' passing last year was straight-up dreadful. Second-lowest completion percentage. Next-gen stats marked him with the second-worst expected completion percentage. And he was particularly bad when pressured with a PFF grade dropping in half from pressured plays to clean pocket plays. Yikes. Totally unable to handle pressure. Under pressure, he threw just two touchdowns all of last year for Justin Fields. Intangibly, to me, Fields never looked comfortable in the pocket. And frustratingly, Nagy didn't give him enough looks outside the pocket. I'd had a lot of designed plays for Justin Fields to get him out of the pocket, let him run or pass on the run, He was asked to do that very, very little last year. Maybe that comes together this year. And I wish I could give you reasons to believe in fields and to believe he's going to get better. But Matt, the offensive line doesn't look like he's going to be any better. Almost no no changes. Byron Pringle's the best receiver the team brought in. And their third round wide receiver draft pick, Vellis Jones, is widely viewed as one of the worst reaches in the entire draft. Yeah, he's a kick returner. He's a special teamer. Yeah. So if you draft fields, it's really with the hope that Eberflus and Getze run him and run him a lot, like Lamar Jackson level yeah. of consistency as a runner. It would have to be like 20 carries a game kind of a thing because it, yes. it feels like these Bears are going to try to win games 13 to 7. Yeah, with 10, a defense six. that shed like everybody yeah. you know, by the way. It, it's, it's, it's kind of a bizarre team. It, it looks like the Bears could be bottoming out here. I think the Bears are bottoming out, and I don't I don't for a lot of reasons. So you're with me, it sounds like, on Justin Fields as a break player. I am. I want to add in one more quarterback as an honorable oh, okay. mention here. Right. Uh, how about Davis Mills? Because yep. of the quarterbacks we mentioned before this, Mills had the most touchdowns mm-hmm. with 16, uh, played in 13 games last year, had yeah. four 300-yard games, five multiple touchdown games. Only Jeff Driscoll and Kyle Allen pushing him. That's nothing. No, he's the starter. So I- I'm very bullish on Mills because too. if he breaks, he's out of a job. The Texans are going to draft his replacement next year if he doesn't look awesome this year. So. I, I, I kind of think that he's got a you shot know, here. I showed, I, I guess I tipped my hand in how I feel about Davis Mills by not including him in this list mm-hmm. because I already think he's kind of proven himself to be the, the, better than all the other guys that we talked he, about. He's, he's being drafted after all of these guys, Which though. Which I think and, is a mistake. And I, I think that everybody on this show, you, me, Brian, and Scott, all of us, Kind of like Davis Mills a we lot do. more than the average per- person does out yeah. there. So I, you know, I just I think Davis. I I thought Davis Mills played admirably when given the opportunity to do so, and I think there's a an anti Houston bias among sure. a lot of fantasy players that view the whole you know view it as a dysfunctional landing place for anybody. Well, they got to score points because their defense is going to be very good, and they're going to be behind. They're going to be chucking it YOLO style the whole season. Which they did last year, too. Yeah. And Davis Mills, you still had, you could only start from time to time, sure. but probably gets better year two. Remember, I think only 13 starts in college. Mm-hmm. And so, the and maybe the 13 numbers in my head because you had, because you played, you mentioned he played in 13, 13 games, games this last year. year. Didn't yeah. start 13 last year, yeah. by the way. Uh, had to come in as a replacement for Tyrod Taylor a few times. Let's take a break. When we come back, Make or break running backs and wide receivers when we return to Fantasy Football Weekly. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. 
by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly. This is a make-or-break sophomore edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchin and Matt Harrison with you. You can check out Matt, Matt's work at shockfantasy.com. You've got your Shock Fantasy hat on at this I, very, I do. At this I'm, very I'm, I'm, I'm loading up a whole bunch of cheat sheets this weekend, too. Oh, we're, we're getting going. So. All right, good. Uh, fi- finally, draft season. Here we go. Let's go to the running back position, and I want to start with... Philadelphia running back Kenneth Gainwell. Do you mm-hmm. believe this is a make or break season for him? I kind of forgot about Kenny Gainwell. Yeah. Like, admittedly, like just, well, just kind of off, that. off my radar. Yeah. Um, but so this was kind of fun because I got to dig back into him. And for the sake of the argument, I'm going to call it a make year for Kenny Gainwell, but not in the way that he suddenly becomes a always starting running back in fantasy. I think he's going to be a serviceable flex play. Here and there, um, there's a lot of things working against him, but there were glimmers of hope in his rookie year. Uh, first, he scored six more touchdowns than Miles Sanders at six <laughs> to zero. Yeah, there's that. Yes. Uh, five of those six were on the ground. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Boston Scott inexplicably was the inside the five runner for Philadelphia. Yeah. A guy who's not built for that had seven touchdowns on 10 attempts. Uh, Miles Sanders had five rushing attempts inside the five last year with zero, zero touchdowns and negative one yard, negative five yards. Sorry, thank you. Negative five. It's average, <laughs> negative, average one. negative one. Thank yards. You. <laughs> um, Gainwell was only given two attempts inside the five, but he did score on one. So that's a good thing. You know, Boston Scott is not built to be a goal line back. No, not I at just, all. I can't believe that they're going to keep using Boston Scott there. Although he was fairly effective in that role. He, he was, but you know, Boston Scott could be one of those cap casualties as they come closer to camp. Like mm-hmm. maybe they don't need a veteran guy like that. Who knows? Uh, but the second thing that I really liked about Gainwell, 
He was the most utilized running back in the passing game for Philadelphia last year. And that's kind of where you think Boston Scott would kind of flex into there. Yeah. But it was Gainwell. Uh, More targets and receptions than Sanders, who was on the field a lot more. More targets and receptions than Scott, whose primary role should be the pass catching back. So give me the most efficient running back in the passing game. A guy who could feasibly steal the goal line role from Boston Scott. Mm -hmm. To me, that's a flex-worthy runner. But the problem is, is we need consistency in touches. He needs 10 to 15 touches a game to be interesting. Uh, In the last six games of last season, 17 touches, 0, 1, 0, 16, 6. That's wild usage. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. So I don't know if that's a coaching philosophy there. It could have been injury. Injuries to, mm-hmm. to Miles Sanders here and there. But Kenneth Gainwell's an interesting guy. He looked good when he had the ability to get the touches. So uh, I'll say make. Yeah, I, 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 I like that you challenge yourself to make a make out of that, but yeah. I don't, I don't know that I can go there. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Travis Etienne as our next runner. <laughs> Jacksonville running back. I've got to make on him. It feels obvious now, but let's just talk it through. And I sure. we don't have to spend a lot of time on this. I think everybody's, everybody's interested in him, but I, I've got a real angle near the end of this that you'll want to listen to. That's very important. I think, um, as we've detailed on previous shows, James Robinson's return is very much in doubt and way more than people are talking about. Cam Akers looked terrible when he returned from his Achilles injury. Mm-hmm. Robinson suffered this injury late December. Yeah. Um, no running back has ever returned from an Achilles injury to have a meaningful running back career. So I, there's a lot of reasons to be very nervous about James Robinson, and especially early in the season. Etienne's Liz Frank injury happened mid-August last year, so by week one, he's going to be over one year removed from it. Mm-hmm. So that foot should really be okay. Liz Frank's um, injuries have had a lot of variation in outcome of how that's affected players. Yeah. But it's gotten better over the past few years. Um, as I think we've handled the break better, um, medically than we used to. Doug Peterson can manufacture throws to his backs. And in some cases throughout Doug Peterson's, uh, career, he's done that in 2019, his backs combined for 85 catches and 800 yards. Nice. But I'll note that a lot of the time, a lot of other seasons, Doug Peterson's backs haven't done that, but they also, it's also really been, by and large, when Miles Sanders was healthy and when he wasn't healthy and when he was on roster and when he wasn't. Um, and Etienne was a phenomenal pass catcher in college at Clemson. So, mm-hmm. you know, the hope is that's going to happen here, too. I think, at, I think at worst, Etienne should be a big PPR force. But Etienne in college was never a workhorse back. He, I don't believe he's going to be a workhorse back in this offense either. Mm-hmm. But they will use him. Through the air a lot. I think I see. Uh, tell me if you think there's a common box score for Etienne. 10 rushes for, let's say, four and a half yards per carry, 45 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, five receptions for another 45 yards. And a coin flips chance at a touchdown one way or another in mm-hmm. most games. Yeah. Sound about right? Sounds fair. Etienne was never a goal line guy. Has never been a big goal line guy, and he's not a big bodied guy. Mm-hmm. I want to put Snoop Connor on your radar. Snoop. So, if you believe me, that James Robinson's return is very much in doubt, and his his abilities are very much in doubt. Snoop Robinson was a fifth rounder that they took. Snoop Connor. Snoop Connor. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, who they took, and he he is a bona fide goal line guy. In college, he was used expressly as a goal line guy. He wasn't a workhorse guy, but he got tons mm-hmm. of. He got tons of hard yards. 
Um, he was very good. He a shocking number of like 10, 12, 15 yard chunk plays. Okay. Doesn't have the long speed to give you like, you know, rip off 60 yarders. Yeah. But chunk gains and workhorse ability, uh, chunk gains and goal line ability. Well, Snoop Connor. Well, thunder and lightning here. If you want a deep, deep sleeper. Sure. And a guy that could lead the Jaguars in rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Snoop Connor. Okay. Anyway, I got to make on Travis Etienne. Yeah, I'm with you. Let's go to the wide receiver position, beginning with Giants sophomore Kadarius Tony. It, it it seems easy-ish, but I'm going to call it a break uh, for Kadarius Tony. He was really the wrong draft pick last year for Dave Gettleman, who's now gone. Uh, the new regime has absolutely no ties to Tony. They were rumored to already be shopping him near yeah. the draft. Why? They still have Kenny Galladay under a massive contract. Sterling Shepard still there. They drafted another slot guy, Wandale Robinson, in the mm-hmm. second round, basically to replace Kadarius Tony. If you Google Kadarius Tony, the first thing that pops up is where is Kadarius Tony now? <laughs> where is he right now? Where is he? <laughs> where in the world is Kadarius Tony? Uh, he had minor off-season knee surgery. There's a lot of questions about his character. Character is a big and factor. Dedication here. to the game. Yep. Uh, Daniel Jones is in his final year in New Jersey. It seems like this offense is just starting a two to three year rebuild under new head coach Brian Dable. Mm. Uh, I think he's going to build a completely different offense than we've seen under the previous regime. And the Giants wide receivers as a group with Daniel Jones. Guess how many touchdowns they had as an entire group? I think Galladay had one or zero. Mm -hmm. Um, Shepard had like two. Tony might have scored one time. I'm going to go five. You got the number right, but Tony didn't score. Okay. (laughs) Five (laughs) touchdowns for the Giants wide receivers (laughs) as a whole last year. It's remarkably bad. I, I think Kadarius Tony might be looking at being the fourth or fifth wide receiver. In this, in this, in a Daniel Jones led yeah, it's, offense, it's gross. Yeah. I don't like it at all. I'm with you on break on Tony. I wish it were different because he does flash unbelievable stuff. Yeah, he had that after. one game last year where he had 10 catches, yeah, and he was weaving yards. through everybody. Yeah, You're like, wow, he looks amazing. And, and then, then, he, then he's yeah. like, I don't really want to play football. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I do think the Giants offense gets better. But I don't think the pivot guy on that is going to be Kadarius Tony. No, it'll be next year when they when they draft a new quarterback and they start over there. I hope I hope for Dan, Daniel Jones' sake you're wrong, and I think they're going to run Daniel Jones a lot more than people realize. Well, I hope he doesn't we'll fall down about thirty yards downfield. downfield. Well, yeah. if he gets thirty yards downfield, it's not uh, bad. Uh, yeah, sir. Um, all right, let's go to our second wide receiver sophomore, and that's Baltimore receiver Rashad Bateman who I have a make on. Yeah. Despite a disappointing rookie season, Ravens doubled down on Rashad Bateman. Team didn't put a single draft pick into the position. They didn't add any free agents, and they lost Marquise Brown. uh, Bateman's biggest threat for targets is Devin DuVernay. He barely counts. Those biggest threat for targets is probably not a wide receiver. It's It's Mark Andrews, and it's J.K. Dobbins. At receiver, yes. Uh, Bateman scored just once last year, and even his, his snap count really spiked up in the final month of the season. The production yards, the catches didn't move with it. Unfortunately, the best reason for optimism here in the four games that Bateman played with eight or more targets, which he could get on a regular basis this year, eight or more targets. He averaged a rock solid 73 yards. 
And it comes together for a lot of receivers in year two. Opportunity trumps talent. We talk about it all the time. In fantasy football, opportunity is more important than talent. Getting the ball at the goal line, mm-hmm. getting, uh, eight, getting eight targets a game, that's more important than being the next Barry Sanders. With the opportunity factor, though, are you just slightly nervous that John Harbaugh's offense and Lamar Jackson's offense just doesn't favor wide receivers. And, oh, sure. And, and, and it's been, yeah. I mean, Marquise Brown had some splashes here and there, but wildly inconsistent and tough to start him on a weekly basis over the last few years. And- all right. So let's, all right, you raise a good point. Let me define what I think, where I think Bateman f- ends up this year. Okay. Around 80 catches, a thousand yards and seven touchdowns. Okay. That's all right. I, you know, I think that's, you know, I think that's the best. I think that's, that's as much wide receiver. That's if he plays, yeah, if that's if he plays all year, assuming he plays the full season as the number one receiver on his team, wide receiver on his team, I think that's where he could end up. Well, they only scored 10 touchdowns as a wide receiver group last year. Mm-hmm. So that might be yeah, a, a seven little, might be a, a little aggressive. A little, a little yeah, aggressive. I yeah. think he's probably, I would guess he finishes kind of around Brandon Ayuk, Tyler Boyd did last year, 60, oh. 70 catches, 800 yards, five touchdowns. Okay. So you're on break or make? Is that a break or I, a make for you? I mean, I think it's I, still I think a make. It, I think it's still a make, but I think it's just a meh. Okay. Let's move on to Ron Del Moore, Arizona wide receiver Ron Del Moore. Is he a make or a break? Uh, he's breaking for me. Uh, he's breaking out of Arizona, hopefully. Um, I think you had the stat in the show we did. You know, last time I was on, which must have been like three years ago. It was three, because you. yeah, because you've been on vacation for three yeah, years. Yeah, um, Rondale Moore's average depth of target last 1.1 year was one yards. One one yard. <laughs> one yard. You know, hard to, the next closest was four yards. Yeah, so it's, it's so, unbelievable. And plus that, I mean, in my mind and probably your mind, he's fifth on the wide receiver depth chart in Arizona behind DeAndre Hopkins when he gets back from his suspension, Marquise Brown, AJ Green, and Antoine Wesley. Uh, I think so, because you and I are, well, you know how I feel about Antoine yeah. Russell, yes. But also add in Zach Ertz and Max Williams. Mm-hmm. I think he's eighth in the pecking order. <laughs> you want to be eighth in a pecking order? No, I don't want that guy on my team. Uh, he's just a gadget guy in Cliff Kingsbury's offense, mm-hmm. hence the depth of target. He's too small to be a red zone threat. You're reliant on Moore breaking a huge touchdown. He did one Last year, one touchdown. Yeah. It was in completely blown coverage against the Vikings. That was it. He should not be on rosters in fantasy this year. He's a hardcore break for me. Hardcore break. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm with you on the break on Rondell Moore. Nico Collins is next. Sophomore wide receiver for Houston. Finished second on the team in receptions and receiving yards last year, but it didn't amount to much of anything. Texans used his big body on slants and middle of the field routes. Other than Cooper Cup, that is a very tricky part to get fantasy relevance from in the middle of the field because usually you get tackled quickly in mm-hmm. the middle of the field. So you don't get the big plays. You don't get the touchdowns. So you know that part didn't help Nico Collins last year. He was the starter for the team in six of the final seven games, but it didn't turn into an uptick in production for Nico Collins. What does starter even mean anymore? I know. It, it just it, means it, you're on the field the like, first play. That's yeah, it. That's snap, all it means. Snap counts what's important Snap count me. is more important. Um, low catch rate, uh, 54% catch rate, but that was largely the function of him being a rookie, catching passes from a rookie. I think that gets better this year. Um, they drafted John um, Mechie, who's coming off a January ACL. He won't be a factor for mm-hmm. uh, f- until Halloween or later. And Nico Collins is going to start. And I think if you believe like we do, as we talked earlier about Davis Mills, if you like Davis Mills, I think you need to 
probably like his number two receiver to get a little better. Nico Collins. Sure. Big bodied guy should be more of an end zone target than he was last year. And so I've got a, I've got a cautious make on Nico Collins. I still don't think he's going to get anywhere near the numbers that Rashad Bateman just had as the number one for the Ravens, but I could see Nico Collins finishing with 700 yards, five touchdowns. And he's, he's somebody we're going to have, I think as a as a fairly regular take a chance on me wide receiver. Yeah, and Collins had two thirds of the snaps basically over the last half of the season. Okay, so he was basically a starter. Yeah, yeah, we'll take that. Uh, thank you, Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, great job. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate as always getting to the end of the podcast and those who take time to subscribe, rate, review the show. Always grateful. Uh, you can get my cheat sheet for free uh, at guillotineleagues.com and check out the Guillotine League of your choice. Four ways to play private leagues. High Stakes League, regular guillotine league, and now zombie mode. Talk to you in a week, everybody. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber. Not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America, and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on Easy Mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started.